going to talk to you today just very briefly about gratitude. It's just an apt thing to talk about, isn't it? When we come to an end of a year, think about all the good things God's done for us. And whether you feel it or not, God's been good. And whether you agree with it or not, God is a good God. He has no evil in him. He doesn't use evil to teach you a lesson. He doesn't do evil so that you can be more humble. He doesn't do evil so that he can draw you closer to him. None of that is his style. He doesn't do that. He doesn't think evil. He doesn't do evil. He doesn't speak evil. And so if there's bad things that happened this year, I don't have a reason as to why they happened, but I'll tell you why it didn't happen. It didn't happen because God was being evil to you. God is a good God. And we want to just take a moment to talk about gratitude. I want to talk about three things, three reasons why we need to be grateful, or three benefits of gratitude, or three benefits of praise. It's just something that I personally practice in my life. And I'm not saying these are exhaustive benefits. There's so many more benefits to having a grateful heart. But these are things that I just practice in my life. So I'll share it with you. And if it helps, that'll be great. So if we've got Bibles, we want to turn to Psalm 106 to verse 7. Psalms 106 verse 7 is where we're going to start. I'm going to pray and then we're going to read from the Bible together. So let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for this morning and thank you for everyone here. Thank you for all the people who are traveling away and with family and at home and entertaining guests. And and thank you for this time of the year when we come together and there's lots of activity going on. But we just want to pause for a moment and just say thank you for everything you've done. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. We've got a couple more days left in December and we want to say together, you are good. You have been good. You have always been good. You will continue to be good. There is nothing in you but goodness. And we want to take a moment to say we're grateful. We truly are. We are thankful for the things we understand. We thank you for the things we don't understand. We thank you for the things that were easy. Lord, we thank you. In the difficult situations, we lift our hands and we still return praise to you because you are good to us. You are good to us. Today we pray that your word will speak to our hearts and encourage us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is what it says, Psalm 106, verse 7. When our fathers who were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Read that again. When our fathers were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Gratitude keeps rebellion away from your heart. Gratitude keeps rebellion away from your heart. Gratitude, number one, is for you. Number one is for you. Because if you don't always remember what God has done, it is human nature to think you did it. And the moment you think you did it, then you're in control of your life and no longer God. And when you're in control of your life and not God, that's called rebellion. It's as simple as that. In 2020, we've got to remember, you're not in control. Your plans are not in control. I'm not in control. We have to be aware that God is in control of our lives. And why wouldn't you want God to be in control of your life if he is a perfectly good, good father and there is no evil in him and there is no thought in him that is evil towards you. And if you've got to yield to that goodness, gratitude does your heart a lot of good because when you remember how good God has been to you, 
to you, then you remember that he's been in charge, not you. And when you remember he's been in charge and not you, you'd keep saying, God, I want it your way, not my way. And therefore rebellion goes away from your heart. Human nature, the Bible says, causes your heart to walk in rebellion when you forget how good God's been to you. So first of all, gratitude is for you. It's for you. It keeps you on the straight and narrow. It keeps you walking in the right path. It keeps you steady. It keeps you grounded. In fact, if you're taking notes, you can go home and read that entire song, Psalm 106. The entire song, the entire psalm is about story after story after story of how people forgot how good God was and then they rebelled and they went off track then they went off course. And so my desire for you this year is that you do not go off course, but you stay on course. And one of the best ways to stay on course is just to develop a grateful heart. And that's why you need some people in your life when you're feeling sorry for yourself to remind you how good God has been to you. Because sometimes you can be in a place where you don't feel like praising. You don't feel like you've got gratitude in your heart. You don't feel like it's been a good time to you. And so you think about all the things that are not working right and all the things that didn't go for you and all the people that rejected you and left you and all the things that were bad to you. But if you've got people in your life who can come along and say, hey, let's pause a moment. Do you want to just remember who you were in Egypt? Do you want to just remember the miracles God had to do to get you out of certain situations? Do you remember the many kindnesses God has done for you and in you and through you and for your family and shake yourself and say, remember how good God has been to you. Suddenly you come back on track because you realize that God has been good to you. Rebellion goes out of your heart and you stay on track and grounded because gratitude is for you. So if you're here today and you have come to the end of the year and it was not a good year for you, it was a bad Christmas for you, I want to just shake you for a moment and say, do you have any idea what it costs God to forgive you? In this Bible verse that we just read, it talked about a country that was pulled out from Egypt when they were slaves. None of you were slaves in Egypt, but every person who is a follower of Jesus Christ here, once upon a time, you were a slave to sin. You were a slave to guilt. You were a slave to death because... Because of God's tremendous love, he sent his son and he died on the cross, shed his blood from his hands, his feet, his side, his back, his head, his skin and shed blood till there was no more blood. And he has been kind to you, to forgive you, to adopt you, to make you his own. So you and I can have the privilege to call him father. He gave you the gift of his Holy Spirit. And we've got to just pause a moment and say thank you because all of a sudden it redoubles directs your path rebellion checks out of your life and you become grounded and you become dependent on the God that is meant to lead you into next year God's been kind to you so gratitude is number one for who for you you need gratitude to keep rebellion out of your life because you're not in control but God is in control of your life and believe me we don't want to learn the lesson again in case you've already learned it that your way is not always the best way so here's the second thing Joshua chapter 4 starting from verse 19 Joshua chapter 4 starting from verse 19 this is a story of a man called Joshua who was leading this country and 
This is what it says. It says, On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones that had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. And the Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Secondly, gratitude is for legacy. Gratitude is for legacy. Through the things that a God has done in your life, another generation, another people group, another friend, another neighbor, somebody in your world must put their trust in Jesus because they should look at certain things about your gratitude and say, why are you so grateful all the time? And you've got to stand there and say, hey, let me tell you a story. I was in this muddle and I had no idea how I was going to come out. But God with his mighty arm delivered me and pulled me out. And when people hear the story of how kind God has been to you, the Bible says, I did this so that they, everybody who hears this, might fear the Lord your God. I wonder whether this year you want to take a decision today to create a legacy for yourself just by living a life of gratitude. And when people look at you and say, why are you so thankful all the time? Why is it that you are so content all the time? Because you see, have you noticed that grateful people are content people? They're just content why is it that everybody is so on the edge and living with stress and worry about what's going to happen and what the future is going to hold? And, and you look at your life and you're so content, you're so peaceful, you feel like everything's rosy. And we both look at the same boss and you seem to be content and we're worried and we're in stress. And you look at the news and you seem to be content and at peace and we read the same news you've read and we feel like we're on the edge. What is it about you? There is peace, there is contentment there. And you've got to unpack, listen, a grateful heart, gratitude does something to your heart where you just constantly remember, hey, we've been in bigger messes than this before. We've been in bigger troubles than this before. We've crossed the Red Sea before. We've crossed the Jordan before. And sometimes we just got to remember, this isn't the biggest problem that has hit our life. Problems much bigger than us have come our way. It did not kill us. We're still here, still standing. We came through. And when we remember that, there is another other people group that have got to put their fear in God and say oh my goodness there is something about your God that brought you through that something about my heart wants to respect that God and sometimes we've got to remember your gratitude creates more legacy than you realize gratitude therefore is for legacy you've got to remember people got to remember your children have got to remember uh, all the things that God has done for you my sister and I we've been here together for Christmas and and then we started a project with our dad and our mom and we've been videoing them and recording them and typing up stories of all the good things God's done for them my dad and my mom and how God led them through situation after situation and and I remember us sitting together and doing this and asking and dad said what's the purpose of this and my sister and I we 
said, listen, the purpose is that another generation will remember what God has done. There is legacy that is created through the gratitude that comes by saying, oh my goodness, I can't believe you led us through these things because another people group are waiting for your praise to put their trust in God. Wouldn't it be amazing that there are people right now who do not have faith in Jesus and they will end up having faith in Jesus when they remember the stories of how God has brought you through. How God has brought you through, how God broke through for you. When they, there was no breakthrough available, you trusted Jesus and he came through in the last minute. Those stories need to be told. Those stories need to be mentioned. And that is why when we come together as church, as gathered church here on a Sunday, God did not send his son to die in, in your place and rise again so that you could come and praise God between 10.30 and 12 on a Sunday. No, you've got to be telling people about the goodness of God on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, on a Friday. Friday afternoon at 12 p.m. is a good time to worship. Thursday evening at 4 p.m. is a good time to worship. Saturday morning at 11 a.m. is a good time to tell somebody how good God has been to you. Worship does not happen just because we come to a building like this. Worship has got to be a lifestyle so that people can put their faith in Jesus. Praise and gratitude creates a legacy. Thirdly and lastly, I want to talk about the purpose of praise and we're going to go to the book of Genesis chapter 31 and verse 13. Genesis chapter 31 and verse 13. God is talking to a man called Jacob. He says this, I am the God of Bethel where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. Then Rachel and Leah replied, do we still have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Go back to verse 13 and pause there. I am the God of Bethel where you anointed a pillar where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. The story goes like this. This guy called Jacob, he was single at the time. He had tricked his older brother and he was on the run because his older brother wanted to kill him. He was going to his uncle's house to take some refuge from his older brother who wanted him dead and he ran and ran and ran as far as he could and he got to a place and the sun had set and because it was dark he couldn't run any further so he just decided to go to sleep he took a stone as a pillow and lied down on the floor on the ground there and went to sleep the name of that place where he slept was a place called Luz L-U-Z and then while he was sleeping he had a dream and in this dream God visited him And he saw this ladder going from earth all the way to heaven and angels were going up and down. And he woke up from that dream and he said these words. He said, surely God is in this place and I did not even know it. And so he woke up in the morning and the first thing he did, he became, he did something that people would back then, which was an act of worship, which was to bring an offering. We still bring offerings today as an act of worship, but obviously we don't bring olive oil. But he took oil and anointed a pillar and he gave worship back to God. And this was precious oil he needed for his journey because he still hadn't reached his destination. And oil was something that they kept at the time in case anything happened. It had medicinal properties and they would apply it on themselves just for preservation. But he let go of something that was very precious to him and he worshipped God. And many, many years later, God comes back to him and makes a second appearance and he says, Hey, Jacob, this is me again, the God of Bethel. 
By the way, that place that was called Luz that he was sleeping and he woke up and he worshipped, he decides to change the name of that place. He said, I'm not going to call this place Luz anymore. You guys can call it Luz if you want. I'm going to call this place Bethel, which means house of God. There was no building there. There was no musician there. There was no temple there. There was nothing there. It was in the middle of a desert. There was absolutely nothing there. He said, this very spot is called Bethel. This is the house of God because the thing that makes it a house of God is not music or a pastor or a building or a stone or a car park the thing that makes it the house of God is the presence of God and wherever the presence of God is is the house of God and so he says this is Bethel this is Bethel after many years God comes to him and says Jacob I'm the God of Bethel where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me I'm going to read this same verse in the Good News Translation, it says this, I'm the God who appeared to you at Bethel, where you dedicated a stone as a memorial by pouring olive oil on it, and where you made a vow to me. Now get ready. Go back to the land you were born. See, gratitude creates a memorial for God. It's not just people that remember it. God remembers it. Did you know that every time you did something, that cost you in worship, when you brought an offering and it was sacrificial, when you gave beyond your means and we said today, hey, it's offering time, it's time to take up our tithes and offerings and you just brought an offering and said, God, for all the things you've done to me, I was in the middle of nowhere, I was out, somebody wanted me dead and I was just sleeping there, yet you came and visited me, there was a visitation for me. Do you know that every time you have abandoned yourself, not looked at the person standing next to you or to the left of you or the right of you, and he said, you know what, for a moment, I don't care who's behind me, before me, below me, around me. My heart's going to be abandoned. My hands are going to be lifted. I am just going to take a moment to praise him and worship him and just, just completely lose myself in gratitude. Do you know that every time you have done something like that, where praise and gratitude, it's cost you something and you you have just given it and given it everything. You created a memorial. And guess who remembers? God does. God remembers it. God remembers it. God remembers it. Every time your praise has been extravagant, God remembers it. It's a memorial. Every time your worship has been extravagant, it's a memorial. And do you know what's the best thing about creating memorials through praise and worship? It's you saying to God, God, do it again. Visit me again. Show your kindness again. Show your favor again. Pause for a moment right now and think about the biggest acts of favor you may have received through God. You didn't work for it. You didn't pray for it. You didn't fast for it. It just came through you. People might have called it good luck, good fortune, but you knew it was the kindness of God where God just came through for you and you received a visitation. Here's my second question. Wouldn't you love for that to happen again all over? Wouldn't you love for that to be the season of your life guess what if you create memorials where you say God thank you for visiting me thank you for showing me and at that moment in Bethel when, when Jacob made this act of worship and this offering God said to him hey listen one day I'm going to make you the father of many nations one day you're going to have many children all of this land you're lying on all of this real estate is going to be yours and we read this in verse 14 and that by this time when God is coming back to talk to 
to Jacob again. Now he's got wives and he's got children and they're talking about inheritance of their father's estates and you've realized fast forward all these years and every one of God's promises has been true. God gave him children and God gave him land and God gave him inheritance and God gave him promises. But when God appears back to him, the one thing God remembers is not that God has kept his word. The one thing God remembers is that Jacob worshipped him. That Jacob was grateful to him. That Jacob brought an offering to him. That Jacob was somebody whose heart was filled with gratitude. So let me recap. Praise is for you. It keeps rebellion out of your heart. It keeps you on the straight and narrow. It keeps you grounded to know that your trust is not in yourself, but your trust is in God. Number two, praise creates legacy through your life. Other people get to trust Jesus, put their faith in God. And lastly, praise and gratitude creates a memorial for God. For God remembers year after year, time after time. Hey, do you remember that time you praised me? Just want to let you know. Go back to your father's house. I'm going to give it back to you. Wouldn't it be amazing if before the end of the year, you created a few memorials for God? When in 2020, 2021, 2022, maybe five years down the line, maybe in the life of your children and your children's children, where God will remember, hey, do you remember that day on the 28th of December, you gave an offering that was sacrificial. You gave a praise that was so out there that people didn't even recognize you because you were so grateful. Do you remember that moment where I visited you and you weren't even praying for it and it was kindness that I showed to you? You remember that moment you stood and, and you poured oil on that pillar and dedicated that as a memory? You remember that moment? Hey, I remember that moment too. Ultimately, God loves relationship. And just like you and I remember when people have done kind things for us, you and I remember the last time somebody made us feel special. You and I remember the last time somebody did something that was way beyond what they could have done. It's special to us. We remember it, right? God's the same thing. He remembers it. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus one day healed 10 people. And nine people didn't thank him and one person did. And Jesus said these words. He said, I healed 10. The other nine, where are they? In other words, he's looking for it. Just like any person would love to have gratitude back. Just like any person would love to be thanked and appreciated. Jesus said, oh, it's just this Samaritan that came back and, and thanked me. God's not going to change his love for you, but you can pleasure his heart. You can give pleasure back to him by living a life where you pour out your sacrifices in gratitude for the fact that he has visited you. So pick one today before the end of the year. Be either be grateful because you want to, to have a heart that trusts Jesus and rebellion is out of your heart. Or be grateful because you want to create legacy. Or be grateful because you want to create a memorial to God and you're saying to God, God, visit me again. Thank you for remembering your promises. And... Uh, if you pick one or you pick two or you pick three, any one of those will really help you to remain grounded and to invest something for your future for 2020. So for a moment of concentration and privacy, let's just close our eyes and uh, let's just remember the good things for this year. Come on, take a moment. 
Think of January, think of February, think of the good times, think of the difficult times and give him praise, come on. Give him praise that is costly, give him praise that is due his name. It was not you, my friend, it was the grace of God. It was not you, my friend, it was the goodness of God. God, you've been so good, so kind, so kind. Thank you for the many kindnesses you've shown us. And we want to say in 2020, we don't want to live in rebellion. Your way, not our way. Your will, not our will. Your thoughts, not our thoughts. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Grateful for the food we eat. We're grateful for the clothes we wear. We're grateful for the friends we have. We're grateful for the, the home we live in. We're grateful for the work we have. We're grateful for the schools that we study in. We're grateful for the children we have. We're grateful for the gift of family. We're grateful for breath in our lungs. We are grateful. We are grateful. We truly are grateful. Thank you for visiting us this year. Thank you for talking to us this year. Thank you for the privilege of serving in the church this year. Thank you for bringing the privilege of bringing offerings to you this year. Father, before the end of this year, we want to build a few memorials. Before the end of this year, we want to bring an offering that will cost us. Before the end of this year, we want to give a praise that is extravagant. Before the end of this year, we want to have our hearts abandoned and our hands lifted. Before the end of this year, there is something about our body language that should reflect that God has been good to me. God has been good to my wife. God has been good to my husband. God has been good to my children. You've been so good. You have been so good. You have been so good. You have been so good. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. 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 Hey, now, why don't you take a moment and thank him for the difficult times? Go on. Anybody can thank God for the good times. But tell him, God, through the difficult times, you were with me. Through the times that I didn't understand, you were with me. Come on, praise him through the pain. Praise him through the regrets. Praise him through the guilt. Praise him through the shame. Praise him through the brokenness. I dare you to praise him and tell him that he has been good to you. He's been good to you. Come on, let self-pity leave your heart today. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Father, we say sorry for self-pity, for feeling sorry for ourselves, for everything that we did not understand. Lord, we praise you because you're in control. For every pain that we have no language for, we praise you because you're in control. For all the things that we went through, that we thought, oh God, where were you? We take a moment to say, we praise you because you have been good. You are good. You will only be good. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.